Hey y'all, welcome to Something's in the Closet podcast, solo edition. Um, cannot record with Aleha this week, um, but I decided we're going to do a half episode. So we're just going to read a couple of short stories from Reddit really quickly, and then you'll get a full episode next Friday with both me and Aleha, and perhaps a special guest. I am working on it. We'll see if it happens. So for this episode, I don't think I'm going to do a little horror movie review because it's not as fun without Aleha. Um, And I don't really have anything going on in my life at the moment, except I did get approved for a house. So I'm going to be moving into this cute little two-bedroom house. I'm super excited about that. Um, My job is going so well. Uh, I'm also getting an intern, so that'll be interesting. Um, Yeah, otherwise, I'm just kind of vibing. And yeah, so that's all that's personally going on with me. And today I have three uh, shortish, shortish stories. Two are short, one's kind of long, we'll say medium, um, from Reddit. So full credit to the authors of these stories. We don't make money on this podcast anymore. Um, (laughs) So if you want us to edit your story out, if I read it, feel free to reach out to us at something's in the closet at gmail.com. Um, awesome. So this first story I have here is posted on r slash ghost stories by user interesting dash ring dash one eight seven one month ago. It is titled Missing Aunt. I still find this somewhat strange, but it was 2009. I was eight, and my aunt went missing, along with about two other girls. The other two girls had been found, deceased, but my aunt had not been yet found. After a while, the police were not able to find her, so my mom, my grandma, and my grandpa, and my other aunt went to go look for her, where the two other girls were found. It had already been searched, but they wanted to go again. I stayed home with my dad in my room watching TV when it got really cold. I looked in the chair. I looked in the chair beside my bed and my missing aunt was just sitting right there. And the only thing she said was, they're coming. I still have no idea what that meant. But after I got scared and ran out of my room, I told my dad and not even two minutes later, my dad got a call from my mom saying they found her. It still freaks me out to this day. Wow, that's kind of, it's really short and sweet, but also kind of creepy. Imagine just being a kid and then your aunt appears next to you. I mean, she didn't say that she looked sickly or whatever, but that's kind of what like I'm imagining she looked like. I don't know. And I think that the they're coming referred to um, the aunt like noticing her, the search party of her family coming to find her. I don't know. I don't know why she would need to express that. I don't know. It's very ominous. It also could have meant like whoever did that to her was coming for the family. Anyway, really <laughs> creepy. Um, my next one was also posted to r slash ghost stories by user competitive add eight six four six three months ago and it's titled devil in the icu 
My mom used to work the night shifts at a hospital before she retired. Years ago, she had a terrifying experience that she recently told me about. During one of her shifts, she had an elderly patient that was in the ICU getting ready to pass. Oftentimes, my mom would sit and visit with her patients during her downtime. The woman was crying, so my mom held her hand and asked what was wrong. While still crying, the woman said that he was here for her. She said that he was evil when he was alive, and he was just as evil now. Confused, my mom asked if the lady was talking about her husband. The woman told my mother her dead husband made her life a living hell, and now, on her deathbed, had been in her room for days tormenting her. He told her he was there to take her. She said he had been standing in the corner of the room since she was admitted into the ICU. My mother offered to pray with the woman, which she accepted. The woman eventually passed, but had told my mother before she went that she no longer saw her husband and she was able to go in peace. Yo, that is so sad. Imagine finally escaping your abuser because they died. Evan, you're about to die. Evan, they're like, what's up? I'm here, ready to torture your ass again. Um, or maybe it could have also not been a ghost and just her projecting her own fears of the afterlife. And maybe the thing she found most terrifying was her husband, which is also sad. But like, wow, I don't know. What do you guys think? All right. I have one more story here. Um, from Reddit. I have a list of a couple stories from today.com that I can read, but we'll see how long this one takes. This was also posted to r slash ghost stories by user superkeats93 seven months ago, and it got the best of 2021 award. Don't know how it was posted seven months ago and I got that award, but you know what? We're good. It's titled, What Did I Encounter on My Family's Land? This is my experience, cross-posted from r slash paranormal. I wouldn't consider myself a very spiritual person, but I have no explanation for what I encountered on my family's property, and was hoping someone had an answer as to whether or not this was some kind of spirit or entity. My family has around 360 acres in northern Oklahoma that has been in our family since the land rush. Growing up, the family would meet there for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but as the family expanded, it was quickly outgrown. Nowadays, I'm about the only person that goes there, and I go slash went there regularly to train with my firearms. I went there earlier this year and had an experience that shook me so badly that I haven't spoken about it until recently, and I will never go back there alone. I arrived around 2pm and set up my targets, but something felt off. I used an electronic headset for hearing protection that also amplifies ambient noise, and I noticed that everything seemed to stop. No wind, no bugs, no birds, nothing. Just complete and total silence which is very unusual for the area. I run my normal drills, and as the sun starts to set, things get stranger. 
odd smells like dirty litter box and body odor started coming around, and I noticed that the coyotes were crossing the field west of me, almost as if they were intentionally avoiding entering the woods nearby. Then, I started hearing interference coming over my headset, and what sounded like disembodied voices speaking in an indiscernible language. Now, I'm starting to worry. I started gathering my things, and I hear what sounds like a woman's blood-curling scream coming from the woods. Around the same time, I got what I can only describe as a nauseating, omnidirectional feeling of being watched. Shortly, shortly followed by a very distinct footstep trudging through the foliage in the tree line approximately 30 yards from my position. I've been an avid hunter since childhood and familiar with the noises of the woods, and the cadence of the footsteps were indicative of a large bipedal creature, oddly human-like. I pull my phone out to take a video, and I started scanning the tree line with my flashlight. Standing behind a tree at the edge of a tree line was a tall, black silhouette with spindly limbs and a pale face looking directly at me. I managed to capture a great still image of it from the video and that I'll try to find and attach it. I quickly grabbed my range bag and made a run towards my truck. I get about 50 yards from the truck and the light post on a property that's hooked up to the county power and has never turned off in the 20 years I've been going there, suddenly cuts off. Now I'm blindly running in the direction I believe my truck is in when I hit the unlock button on my fob to find the lights. I get in my truck, speed off, and as I watch in the rear view the light post turns back on. I apologize for the long post, but I'm finally ready to get this out in the open for interpretation. I tend to think of myself as a rational person that doesn't necessarily believe in the woo-woo kind of stuff, although my mother described me as being sensitive and somewhat gravitated towards energies as a child. I was doing everything I could to rationalize or come up with a reasonable explanation for the things I was experiencing, but I have none. The kind of fear this put into me was like, unlike any, was unlike any kind of fear I have ever felt. Um, I would say SW, a little skinwalker moment over here, a little flesh pedestrian, but I don't think they're in Oklahoma. I think they're in the Southwest only. So I don't, I don't know. Global warming's happening. Maybe they're migrating. That's crazy, y'all. Um, yeah, I don't know. It could also have been just like a person that was maybe squatting on the land and they were trying to scare you off. But if they were like spindly with the pale face, I don't know. That kind of like really sounds like a skinwalker or maybe a Wendigo. But I think Wendigos are only in like the northern, northern part of the country and Canada. Crazy. What do you guys think? All right. We're going on to 12 real ghost stories from today.com. And I'm probably not going to read all 12 of them, but there's a few in here that I thought were interesting. So the first that I'm reading, there's no author, is The Kidnapping Ghost as Told on Monsters Among Us. 
1998, Joe relocated from California to Georgia to work as a manager at an auto body shop with his cousin. Soon after, Joe's brother followed him to the Peach State and rented a small house built in the late 1800s. It looked nice from the outside. It did not feel good from the inside, Joe said on the podcast. Things were off from the moment he helped his brother move into the house. I walked in the house and went, oh man, the hair stood up on my on the back of my neck and I just felt ill at ease, like this place isn't cool at all, he said. Moments later, while carrying items into the bedroom, Joe says he heard whispering. A heated whispering, almost like an argument between two people that seemed to be hovering in the top of the ceiling area of the room. Joe ran out of the room and asked his brother if he felt something off about the house too. His brother had picked up on the vibe, but after praying on it, his brother said that he felt the things would be alright. As long as you're good, Joe said. I'm not good, but I'm going to help you. But I'm going home and I probably won't come back here. You know what? Same Joe, same. In the weeks that followed, there were more unusual occurrences, including a terrifying event in which Joe's eight-year-old nephew was taking a bath and sat up to find an elderly man in the bathtub with him. Absolutely the fuck not. Are you fucking kidding me? I would scream. <laughs> it took about two days to calm him down, and he never took baths after that. After falling asleep on the couch one night, Joe's brother awoke to find an elderly man and woman seated on either side of him arguing back and forth over whether or not they were going to allow the brother and his family to remain in the home. Oh my god. That's terrifying. That's like some other shit. Have you guys seen Others with Nicole Kidman? That's what that reminds me of. Except the the ghost didn't know that they were, you know, what? whatever. I'm not going to spoil that for you. But also giving me X vibes. I don't know why, but X the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what's getting me. Anyway, the kicker, however, was when Joe's brother asked to borrow his truck one afternoon. After receiving word that his four-year-old daughter had been found wandering along a busy road by herself with her hand up in the air. Police and other agencies were called to investigate. When they asked the four-year-old to explain, she said she had just gone for a stroll with the old lady. What old lady? Joe's brother asked. The old lady that lives here, his daughter replied. She just wanted to go for a walk, so we went for a walk. The door was far too heavy for a four-year-old girl, so everyone was perplexed how she was able to leave the house. The old lady opened the door. Then we petted the dog for a little bit and then went for a walk, she explained. She was so genuine and honest at four years old that he couldn't call her a liar, Joe said. Shortly after this, his brother moved out of the house and never went back. Joe still drives by the house nearly every day. It looks like a perfectly normal, acceptable house, except for what's inside. Chills. I love that last line. That's sick. Okay, so this next one that I'm going to read is The Ghost of the Stanley Hotel. Yes, the Stanley Hotel, as in The Shining. And there's this picture of a ghost standing in the staircase. Um, it kind of just looks like a person in a black shoulderless dress um, with a red circle around them. I don't think it's a ghost, but uh, who? I, who's to say? I didn't take the picture. Hmm. 
Opened in 1909, the Stanley Hotel in Este Park, Colorado, was originally a posh getaway for guests seeking solitude in the mountains. As the years passed, however, occupancy declined, and by the 1970s, the Grand Hotel had fallen into disrepair. It was around that time that famed author Stephen King spent the night there in the now-famous room 217 and was inspired to write The Shining, one of his most well-known novels. The book and subsequent blockbuster film helped return the Stanley to its former glory, and now guests come in droves to see the hotel that inspired one of the scariest horror movies of all time. Given its spooky history, it should come as no surprise that many visitors report strange happenings. Aware of the ghostly rumors, Texas resident Henry Yao booked a last-minute getaway in April of 2016 to check it out. After arriving, Yao had dinner, and then wandered around the Stanley to take photos. Stopping at the staircase, he waited for people to clear the area and then took a picture, thinking nothing of it. Later that night, however, Yao fell seriously ill. I felt really sick. I had the shivers. I was like, something's really wrong, he told today. His companion suggested he go to the emergency room, but Yao refused. On the trip home, Yao began swiping through the photos he'd taken when he discovered what he said was a really, really strange image of someone standing on the stairs. Except, no one had been there. The next day, he posted the photo on Instagram, half-joking that he'd capture a ghost, and the world took notice. Almost overnight, Yao found himself in the limelight with his ghost picture warranting attention from global media outlets and paranormal experts who wanted to examine the photo. Some experts say that there's two ghosts, and other people said that the reason I got sick was because the ghosts were trying to materialize, taking the energy out of me, he said. There's so many theories about this. And what does Yao think? I have no idea, he said, with a laugh. I'll tell you, I looked at this picture. It really does look like someone's just standing there. And as for the second ghost, I, I have no idea where that could be. Like, I wish I could see what the paranormal uh, investigators saw, but I, I really see nothing. Um, hmm. All right, I think we have time for a couple more stories here. Um, this next one is The Hauntings at the Lizzie Borden House. I think I did an episode on Lizzie Borden. I'm not sure if I did or if I didn't. Let me know. <laughs> on August 4th, 1892, Andrew and his wife, Abby Borden, were found murdered in their Fall River, Massachusetts home. Though murder wasn't uncommon in the late 1800s, the fact that they were bludgeoned to death with an axe and the main suspect was their 32-year-old daughter Lizzie Borden certainly was. The crime and trial that followed made headlines around the world. Lizzie was ultimately acquitted of murder, but she remains forever linked to the heinous killings as does the home where they were committed. 
Now a bed and breakfast, the Borden home attracts history buffs and thrill seekers drawn to the scene of the crime out of morbid curiosity to see for themselves if the house lives up to the reputation of being haunted. When I started working here, it was more of the history. I really didn't care about the paranormal. Susan St. John, Century 21 Realtor and Tour Guide at the historic Lizzie Borden house told today. That changed after St. John experienced a few unusual happenings of her own. Guests tell us they hear laughing and playing in the middle of the night. Things get moved around, she said, explaining that she once found toys scattered around the room that no one had been in. There was also a picture that fell over and slid two feet across the floor without any plausible explanation, plus a closet door that opened on its own volition. St. John said that there... St. John said that on the eve of the anniversary of Andrew and Abby's murder, she found two other tour guides. She and two other tour guides felt suddenly sharp, piercing pains in their left eye, the exact location of Andrew Borden's fatal injuries. Perhaps the most unnerving, however, is the story St. John tells of a tour guide at Lizzie Borden House who asked her group to silence their cell phones before starting the tour. Moments later, a guest cell phone rang. She looked up and said, It's my mom. The tour guide asked if she wanted to leave and take the call, to which the woman replied, She died two years ago. What the fuck? <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Alright, one more story, and then we're ending today's half episode. The Unexpected Passenger, as told on Monsters Among Us. In the 1990s, Julie, a resident of Cortland, Oregon, was driving, out, was driving out of a city to meet with friends when she found herself in traffic. The 18-year-old soon discovered that the cause of a slowdown was due to a dreadful car crash, and to her horror, as she passed the scene, she realized that someone had died. A moment later, there is a woman sitting in my passenger seat. Julie told Hayes on Monsters Among Us, though she admits it sounds crazy, Julie said she could see a woman dressed in work clothes seated right next to her. Though she was in complete shock, the woman in the passenger seat was even more freaked out. She looked like somebody who just suddenly ended up in someone else's car, Julie said. Panicked, the woman demanded to know how she got there and who Julie was. It was then that Julie noticed the woman had an unearthly quality about her, and realized that whoever she'd passed on the side of the road was somehow in the car with her. Ma'am, you need to calm down. My name is Julie, and I'm here to help, she told the stranger. Julie went on to explain that the woman, she'd, that the woman had just been in a car accident and somehow ended up in her passenger seat. The woman was stricken. At that exact minute, they passed the clearing with trees. With some encouragement from Julie, the woman peacefully walked towards the sun and then disappeared. In complete disbelief, Julie pulled over and convinced herself she'd imagined the whole thing. Several days later, however, a story came on the news about a trucker injured in a car accident. Before they finished, they threw up a picture of the woman that was in her car and explained that she had passed away in the accident. It was unbelievable. It was too much, Julie said. Wow, 
That's crazy. Having a full on like interaction with somebody and having to explain to them that they're dead. Like I can see how that can go like very wrong, very fast. Like, um, if I thought I was alive and like panicking and someone just looked at me and be like, yo, you're dead. That's not going to end well. That's going to make me even more fucking panicked. And you know, it's like ghost whisperer. Have you seen that show? Jennifer Love Hewitt. She, her, not her job. She doesn't get paid to do it, but like her calling, her purpose is to help people move on. Um, and it just shows like, how difficult that could be, you know, cause obviously she's not like forcing these people on anyway. That's what I'm imagining here. Are you Jennifer Love Hewitt? This, this is, this was Jennifer Love Hewitt. She, she submitted this story anyway. That's all for this episode, guys. I know it's really short. Normally we have like a two hour long podcast, but, um, we're doing, I'm rocking unedited at 26 minutes so far. So this is probably going to be like a 24, 23 minute long podcast. Uh, anyway, um, if you want to support us, you can go to somethingsinthecloset.com. It has recently been rebranded to be a media company that I am running with for my clients. Um, but you can still click donate in the top right hand corner of the website. Don't worry. It still goes to the podcast. Um, and I am working on relocating our merch tab. So at the moment we are unable to purchase, but that'll change soon. Um, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Instagram at something's in the closet, uh, Twitter at SITC pod and TikTok at something's in the closet pod. Um, I think that's our Twitter or our TikTok. I think that's what it is. If not search something's in the closet and you'll find us. Um, and if you want to follow me, you can follow me at, uh, on TikTok at why likes horror on Instagram at why likes horror on Twitter at why likes horror and YouTube. Why likes horror. If you want to watch horror content from me, or if you want to see my day to day life, my vlogs, what I do for work, um, and little cooking videos with me and my boyfriend, you can go to, uh, why guy Lan, um, on YouTube. I have two different channels. I believe it's also linked on my horror channel. Anyway, uh, Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check your closet.